Welcome to another episode of the weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. Real quick, find us on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, the weekly podcast. Also, I want to talk about a product that uh, has uh, they sent me samples of uh, of their product. It's called Magic Mind, and if you're looking for natural energy memory booster, you cannot go wrong with this stuff. I've been taking it for the past week, and within two days, I've seen a huge difference in just in my memory and uh, how I feel. My, my brain response, it's just a wonderful product. You need to check it out on our link on Instagram, Magic Mind. Click it. Try it today. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, missing persons, cold cases, police departments, or the lack thereof. You know, cases I feel like are made and solved or, or, or put in a position to be solved later by one and one thing alone, the work or lack of work by the investigator or detective that gets the case from, from the local police or, or local sheriff's department. Uh, egos and, and police departments are the number one enemy of victims and are great, great for killers. Sometimes they get tunnel vision and the lack of any concern for just certain victims or certain crimes, in my opinion, is a problem. You know, the first few days after a murder is, is crucial, it's critical. You know, after that, evidence starts to disappear, people move or forget, but if you're not looking where the evidence might be, you won't find it regardless. And most small town murders are solved by the police making up their mind because of, of what they think or, or find. Or someone just tells on them and they solve it for them. But a good police department has empathy for their victims. They treat each case with due diligence and they do their job. But a lot of times, crimes aren't solved because there's no evidence or because they can't be. They're not solved because they don't try and they don't look in the right places, and they get tunnel vision, and they just don't care. Corruption in law enforcement, and I don't mean, <clears throat> excuse me, corruption breaking the law, I mean corruption as far as just not doing their job. Why Why is that, you think? Is, is it power? Then power turns to absolute power. Then you get a God complex, and you feel above everything and everybody else, and that's a problem. TV has ruined in my opinion, good policing, because the way it's done on TV, it never is that way in real life. It's just not. But today I want to talk about a missing person story. Disappeared. Disappeared. It's a missing persons. A young woman, 19-year-old, named Sydney West. She disappeared September 30th, 2020. Now, we want to go over the last few days of Sydney's life and what was going on. Um, she grew up about 30 miles from San Francisco, California. Uh, probably somewhere about <clears throat> her sophomore year, 
the family moved to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So when it came time for Sydney to graduate, she was a very, 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 very intelligent, or she is very intelligent. Um, she decided she wanted to go back to school at Berkeley. So she went to UC Berkeley. You hear my dog, sorry. I gotta have my dog everywhere I go. So anyway, she's living in North Carolina. She's graduating, it's 2020, but COVID is in full effect. Her father's name is Jay, mother's name is Kim. She has a sister named Faith. Now, in July of 2020, a few months before she heads out to San Francisco, the family is on a vacation. And this vacation is at the lake. It's in Asheville, North Carolina. There's a boat dock. It's a covered boat dock. And on top of the boat dock, if you're on the roof, it's about a 15 to 16 foot drop to the water. Sydney asked her dad, Jay, if she should jump off that with a, a life vest on. He says no. She does it anyway. And when she hits the water, it's like hitting a concrete wall. She's severely concussed. And she has a terrible, terrible concussion. And they see a huge difference in her attitude, her personality, and just in how she acts in general. This concussion has caused a problem. And I think it, I think it's evident that it has something to do with her disappearance. You know, in Sydney was a very bright, I'm gonna say was, is, was, missing person. She loved to, she was very smart, she loved to draw, paint. She just constructed things, created things. She loved sports, loved dogs, loved her family. But she was last seen on the Golden Gate Bridge, September 30th, 2020. What happened to Sydney Welch? What happened in the days leading up to her disappearance that might be evidence in her case? Where'd she go? So here's what happened. Let's talk about the day before she goes missing. Okay. Now she moves out to sent back to San Francisco to attend UC Berkeley. Now COVID is in full effect. There is no in-person classes. There's no, she moves into the dorm, but it's the, the rules are so crazy that she can't take it. So she, leaves the dorm, she opts to to leave campus and moves in with family friends. Now they have a lot of connections in this area because they live there basically their whole life. So she moves in with family friends, she's struggling. The concussion has totally changed this girl. She's not even the same person, she's totally different. She's kind of stressed out and she wants to decompress a little. So she wants to go into the city, San Francisco and stay the night in a hotel just to decompress. So September 29th, 2020, she went into the city and got a hotel. Now, she talked to her dad this day. He was in San Diego working, so he was pretty close to her. He talks to her, doesn't hear anything out of the ordinary in the conversation. And this conversation ends around 4.30 p.m. on September 29th. Um, 
And at that time, plans were uncertain, but everything was fairly normal. Uh, she was a little upset with how COVID was doing with the, the education and the, and the college. She was really having some troubles. And this really stems from her concussion. She, she must have had a very severe concussion because her attitude totally changed. She was just a different person. Um, now, the morning of the 30th, The dad, uh, Jay, he has location services on his phone for his, all of his family. So he gets up and he looks for her location. It's turned off. This is a red flag, number one. Not that he's a stalker, but he wants to know where his kids are. Her location is turned off. This has never happened before. So he kind of starts to panic a little bit. <clears throat> Kim, the mother taking the other child to school, pretty normal routine. Um, so at 7 a.m. when the dad checks the location and it's off, she's freaking out. So they reach out to the Hilton, the little hotel she's staying, and they find out that she's checked out at about 6.25 that morning. So dad drives down to San Francisco, and tries to figure out where his daughter's at. Well, they find out that she took a ride share at about 6.30 to the Golden Gate Bridge, a place called Chrissy Field. Now, Chrissy Field is federal land. It has its own police force. So it's kind of confusing. Jay gets with his brother, Bob, who lives in the San Francisco area, and starts looking at Chrissy Field for his daughter. This is probably about four hours after she's, uh, I won't say missing, but left the hotel. About four hours since she's left the hotel and nobody knows where she's at. They start looking for her. They look all through Chrissy Field, all around the bridge, have no sign of Sydney West. She's gone. So after she's missing for eight hours, they call the police. And alarm bells are just going off for the dad. It's just, it's it's insane. Insane what he's going through. There's nothing really he can do. So he has to go back home to North Carolina to be with his family. And this is gut-wrenching for him. So what do they know so far? They know that September 29th, the dad talks to Sydney. Nothing really out of the ordinary. They know at 6.30, she leaves and checks out of the Hilton Hotel in San Francisco takes a ride share to Chrissy Field at the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, after about a week of uh, Sydney missing, a detective reaches out to the family. They found some information. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. The detective from San Francisco reaches out to the family. And what have they found? Two things. They found Sydney West's backpack is found sitting near the bridge on a park bench. They've also found video of Sydney West on the bridge. Now, in the police and the detective's mind, they're thinking suicide. They think suicide, they stay with suicide, they never come off suicide. This is the tunnel vision I'm speaking of earlier. And the family's got a million questions. Was she just COVID crazy? 
and the concussions caused her to do crazy stuff and commit suicide. She had little battles with anxiety, depression. Oh, the concussion was a was an issue. What was going on? Now the police wouldn't let the family see the footage. They denied access to everybody. They, they had fam they had friends in high places. Thank God. So an attorney general, with them screaming bloody murder, got the dad. Jay and the Uncle Bob access to see the video. So when they finally get to see the video, they're hoping it's a smoking gun that at least let them know what happened to their daughter. Here's what they saw. The video shows Sydney walking up the south side of the bridge closest to the city. She has her backpack with her. She has her phone in her hand. She turns around abruptly, walks back down off the bridge out of sight of the camera. She now is seen running up the bridge without the backpack. So we know she left the backpack. She still has her phone in her hand. Now at this time, the bridge is packed with people. Runners, bicycling, walking. I mean, tons of people on the bridge. Now... The video shows her get to the peak top of the bridge. There's a camera. She walks under it and is never seen again. No other camera picks her up leaving the bridge ever. Now, did she jump? The family feels with as many people as on the bridge that morning, someone would have seen her jump. She has to cross over two railings and then jump. But it's dark. It's foggy. Could someone just have missed it? Police look in her bag, and it's really nothing nothing extra. Overnight clothes, notebooks, drawings, etc. Just basic stuff. So let's look at what we know. 6.30, 6.40, walks up the bridge with backpack south side has her phone walks down drops off backpack runs back up the bridge she's caught by the camera at the top portion of the bridge never seen leaving the bridge never seen jumping and the bridge is super busy so where is sydney west at this point it's speculation after a few weeks the family the police have determined suicide because they don't see her leaving the bridge that's the only, in their mind, that's the only other way she could have left the bridge is by jumping. Me, as many people as on the bridge, as many cameras, as many things people are watching that bridge for specifically suicide, I feel like someone would have seen her jump. Now, if a van drives by or somebody grabs her and throws her in a van, would somebody have seen that as well? Possibly. But I think you have a better chance of seeing her jump than you do of seeing her being kidnapped and tossed into a van. Well, the family hires a private detective named Scott Dudak, 32 years experience, missing people expert. You know, he goes back over the evidence and tries to find what he, he knows that at 625, she took an Uber to Chrissy Field. And he goes and talks to the doorman at the Hilton. And the doorman had a conversation with Sydney West that morning. And he said she was happy, very pleasant, seemed like a wonderful woman, beautiful girl. 
did not seem like the woman, a, a woman who was getting ready to go commit suicide. Now, when someone jumps off the Golden Gate Bridge, they throw a flare into the water. And within four minutes, normally Coast Guard is there. Nine out of ten times, they find the body. It's a high probability that the body would have shown up. Now, two fences, two rails, not fences, two rails that you'd had to cross to get to the edge to jump. There's no bank activity, no phone activity, no contact whatsoever by Sydney West. Now, we know it's foggy and it's dark, so someone could have not seen her jump just as well as someone could have not seen her get kidnapped. She's a beautiful woman. San Francisco is terrible for human trafficking. So Scott Dudak, he hits the streets. He's talking to hundreds of people. Just want to know if there may be any pimps or any local people that, that would be worth looking into on the human trafficking angle. He just wanted help. Where did she go? You know, she either jumped or she got in a car with someone. Her phone information would be helpful, pings or lack thereof, but none of that's been released. They've hit a dead end. They've got no information. You know, they put up a Facebook page. Uh, there's lots of people near the bridge. They're trying to find these people to talk to them, to get firsthand information if somebody knows something. You know, about around April, they get, when they got a $25,000 reward, they start getting all these crazy tips, people just being mean. There's a sighting in Santa Cruz. Uh, of course, she's got some history with Santa Cruz, so it kind of holds a little water. Um, someone playing music, a person looked homeless. They get someone on the ground down there and find a woman that fits this description, and it is not Sydney West. One year after her disappearance, on Bayshore Boulevard at the McDonald's, someone takes a picture of a woman that looks identical to Sydney West. Could this be Sydney West? The dad thinks it possibly could be. Very, very similar in the way she looks. Very similar. Very, very similar. So two and a half years after Sydney West disappeared off the Golden Gate Bridge, where's she at? What happened to her? Were you on the bridge that day? Do you have any information? It is a strange case in the fact that Everything was going great for this girl. I feel like the concussion upended her life. The concussion mixed with the depression, mixed with COVID, could cause somebody to do something crazy like jump off the bridge. But with that being said, as many people that were on the bridge that morning, wouldn't someone have seen her jump? Was it too foggy? Was it too dark? And with that being said, if it was too foggy and too dark to see her jump, wouldn't it also be too foggy and too dark to see her being kidnapped by someone on the bridge? Needless to say, something happened to Sydney West, September 30th, 2020. Was she kidnapped, human trafficked, then murdered? Was she kidnapped? held in captivity and is alive and well? Did she kind of lose her mind and go into hiding not to be found again? Did she forget who she was? It's a possibility. 
So possibility that that concussion mixed with depression and, and anxiety caused her to go and do things that she wouldn't normally do? Or did it cause the ultimate and cause her to commit suicide? Get up at the peak of the bridge and just be overwhelmed with emotion and jump. Truth is, nobody knows. But let's put some light, let's put some eyes on Sydney West and her disappearance. Let people know the story. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them about the TV show. Just tell them about the Facebook page. Just let people know that on September 30th, 2020, a 19-year-old beautiful woman named Sydney West disappeared off the Golden Gate Bridge, never to be seen again. This is the Weekly Podcast. Guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Google Sydney West, Golden Gate Bridge. Read up on her story. There's not a lot to go on here in this story. It's really a, a mind blow. It's just to be in that family, to go be suffering through that, just not knowing sometimes is more painful than knowing. And just to have your beautiful, smart, intelligent, amazing daughter go up on the bridge to maybe run or walk or just to see the sights and then never to see her again, never to be able to communicate with her again is sad. Was it right for the police to get tunnel vision, not investigate this case, and basically just say it's she committed suicide and I'm done? I can see where suicide would be a theory, but I feel like you need to take other and look at other theories because you just don't know. You do not know until there's a body found in the, in the water or someone's seen her jump. You don't know. And when you don't know, you have to look at other other theories. I feel like you do. I know the police aren't going to put a bunch of resources into something they think is a suicide or a solve, but they don't know. But they think they do. And once they get it in their minds, their ego kicks in, and by God, they're right. But I feel like they should have looked into it a little more, gave the family a little bit more courtesy than what they did. Maybe it was suicide. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe she was kidnapped. Maybe she just disappeared and doesn't want to speak to anybody because she doesn't know who she is. Maybe the concussion changed her brain chemistry. Who knows? Because I'll tell you this right now. CTE, concussions, brain injuries are very serious. Look at all the NFL players and wrestlers that have committed suicide or have killed themselves and their families or have went on rages and killed others. It is a serious issue. Um, I want you to check out Magic Mind. Uh, they're they're, they're a, a sponsor of ours. Uh, we love their product. Um, excuse my dog. I love my dog. It's going to be with me. I'm going to do the podcast. Sorry. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Find us on social media. Support us. Um, and uh, we thank you very much. Thank you for everything. Uh, give us a good review. Give us a rating. Uh, we thank you. Have a good day. This is the Weekly Podcast.